Welcome to another episode of the Fitness Oracle. I am your host, John Katsavos, and today we sat down with a very interesting guest, um, Lynn Sherry, who is from Pickleball Fire, which is a podcast. She's actually a podcast host where she brings on pickleball athletes, and she's also an athlete of the sport itself. Now, when I first brought when I was first introduced to Lynn, I was a little curious about, I was actually very curious about it because I've never heard of this sport before. Apparently this sport has been around since the sixties and um, it's been gaining traction over the years. And because of COVID, as she states in, in the episode, you'll see in one of the uh, clips that uh, it actually cut a lot of traction, especially over COVID. So Regardless of what we think about what, you know, how bad stuff is, there's some good that came out of it because a new sport has uh, been popularized because of it. In this episode, we talk, uh, we talk about dealing with injuries because she's, uh, she had torn her ACL and the mindset that she was, excuse me, the mindset that she was in um, wasn't really good and how the sport itself actually helped her uh, recover quicker from um dealing with that kind of injury. And I know the ACL can be a little bit of a heavy burden to, to be able to, you know, recover from. Uh, we talk about the sport itself, pickleball. Uh, it's, growing, it's growing popularity. Um, the skill set that's involved in playing it, which was really good. I mean, it's, it's really, really wide range and quite interesting. And where the and the future of the sport? Where's the sport going? Um, it's interesting. This is a really good. Uh, this is a really good podcast. This is a really good episode. I really enjoyed uh, recording it. I really enjoyed talking with Lynn. She's uh, extremely knowledgeable, extremely um, easy to talk to. Uh, so, uh, I really hope that you guys take a look at the sport. Uh, I encourage you guys to look at the sport. I have been looking at the sport, not since I've, not when I was in Greece, I wasn't looking at anything except for Greece and when I was in Greece, but <laughs> when I came back, uh, I just, it's, uh, it's a really interesting sport to take out, to, to take, to, to look at it. And from what she's saying, I mean, anybody and everybody can just grab a racket and whack it away, whack away. And yes, Lynn, if you are listening, you can grab a racket and whack it. You can use that. If you're listening, you can use that. Um, before we continue on with the episode, uh, I would like to ask one thing. I want to know if you guys feel that you're stuck in a rut. At Feel Fitness, we've created a foolproof seven-day system that will not only help you shed the weight that you've gained over COVID, but give you a proper blueprint that will help you move into a healthier you, both on the inside and out. The best part of this is that we focus so heavily on the mindset aspect of your transformation that you are not only going to love the body that you're about to get, but you're going to appreciate it even more. So what do you get in the seven-day King Blueprint? You get seven days live coaching calls with me. You get a proven mindset program that is guaranteed to set you on the proper foot. You get a good and honest look at your nutrition, a five-day movement challenge, and so much more. 
So don't wait any longer. Stop making excuses. Take control of the one thing that you can control yourself. Click in the link, click on the link in the show notes below and I will see you on the live when it launches. I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget to subscribe. Hit the bell so you can be notified every time we come up with a new episode and you can stay in the loop because we're going to be pushing out a lot of new content uh, on a daily basis. And if you know of anybody who's suffering from any mental health issues, um, one of the best things that they can do is involve themselves in a team sport. And from my conversation with Lynn, this is one of those sports that they might actually be able to immerse themselves in and get themselves out of that bad headspace. So please share this episode with somebody who is suffering, who you feel is suffering from uh, mental health issues, that this episode could be a, a, a lifeline for them. And if you are listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, or whatever streaming services that you give, that you listen to, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review as it will help us reach out to more people that are suffering from mental health issues. And don't forget to head on over to our Patreon page and sign up to get exclusive content that you just simply will not find anywhere else just for a cup of coffee a month. You can get access to our private Discord channel, monthly workouts, early access to these podcasts, and so much more. Thank you again so much for your support and for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. You could have just been a good athlete in any sport and probably come in and done it in a year, but the game has gotten much more competitive at the highest levels walked into the gym because I knew that the recreation program had pickleball and I just kind of peeked my head around the door. And as soon as they saw me peeking in, they're like, Oh, here, you want to play? You know, they hand me a paddle and they're like, Hey, come on in and, and play. And you know, it's, it, I mean, the, that's, what's great. And the sport is still like that, you know, even though I started about three, just over three years ago. And then once you actually get involved in the sport and um, you know, it's like, most people who I know who play pickleball, they play seven days a week and some of them even play twice a day. And we're talking about people who, you know, they're not pros. They, they do this for fun and because it's social and it's such a great community and everybody's so, so welcoming. Pickleball was, you know, growing, we'll say, you know, maybe five, six, 7% each year, but pickleball last year, 2020 grew over, over 20%, um, which, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we used to basically say there was like, you know, three and a half million play people playing the sport, but now it's like 4.2 million. And it was, it was very attractive because it's also something that you can take and set up a net in your driveway.
Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people, just like you, with real stories, just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Lynn Sherry from Pickleball Fire. After completely tearing her ACL, she chose and choosing not to have surgery to repair it. She never thought she would be able to play uh, court sports again after competing in college volleyball and basketball, which she moved to Connecticut in 2018 and was looking for something to do inside during the winter. As luck would have it, she found pickleball and learned her knee could hold up in an activity with a smaller court. For the next couple of years, she then combined her journalism background and graduate's degree in physical education and sports psychology to write about the sport of pickleball. During the fall of 2020, she started Pickleball Fire podcast, where she interviewed about where she's interviewed about 70 people involved in the sport of pickleball, including many pros who provide tips on how to improve their game. Lynn, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. How's Connecticut? I uh, know it's not wintertime there, and I'm, I remember from my past, uh, summertime is really, really beautiful. Absolutely. You know, especially coming from Texas to Connecticut, I have to say I do not miss the Texas summers. And uh, overall, I, I love Connecticut. Uh, it is a little humid, but it's still better than 105 or 110 every day. I'm a big fan of the 105, 110, but not the humidity part. I think I think Texas does have the humidity part up to that. Yeah, the Dallas area certainly does have some humidity, but it's definitely not as high as it is here. I still, I'm I'm great with uh, the humidity. It really doesn't bother me. I go out and play pickleball every day. Uh, I do try and play in the morning, and there's a particular set of courts in the um, Cheshire, Connecticut area, which has a lot of shade in the mornings. So I didn't get to play today because it it rained this morning. I was about to head out and I'm like, let me look at the radar. It looks kind of dark out there. And so I look out and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't think I'll be going today. So it ended up being a really quiet day because of that. So right, I wish I had a quiet day today. It's been a crazy day today. Um, let's dive into it a little bit. Uh, what is pickleball? You know, that's actually one of the best questions I think I've had. <laughs> it's a really interesting sport. It's a combination of ping pong, tennis, badminton, and it's, uh, played on a court that's about half the size of a tennis court, but it's played with a paddle not, not a strong racket, like a tennis racket and something that's very, very similar to a wiffle ball. And what's great about the sport is that it's really easy to learn. So if you, there's so many people who come to, into pickleball who actually have never played a sport in their life, but you can go out the very first time you're on the court and have fun. And uh, it's the sport is amazing. I mean, it's just grown tremendously. And I think the New York Times called it like the best pandemic, but the best pandemic sport, you know, thing to do. 
because it, it, pickleball is played indoors and outdoors. So myself during COVID, I didn't play, it, actually, I spent about a year where I, I didn't play at all. I didn't play inside. I didn't play outside. But once I got vaccinated in April, I started playing outdoors again. And uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the winter. Uh, a lot of places, you know, like when you go inside here, I think they're going to be requiring masks. Um, so that may not be the most pleasant thing to do is to, you know, kind of play a sport and wear a mask. But you know what, I've had such a great time this summer and made, you know, so many new friends that I'm thinking, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just might put on the mask if I have to, but, um, yeah, I mean the, the sport itself, what's great is if you go to the courts, you'll see, um, like grandmothers there with their grandson and they're playing on the same court at the same time, you know, and everybody's having, having fun doing it. Um, because it, it really is easy to pick up. It's not something like tennis where you kind of have to, um, you know, have a lot of instruction and it's very technique based. Um, it's just so much easier to, to play pickleball, which is a, a big reason why it's just really exploded in terms of its growth. So I was curious about this and I, I, I've been digging in a little bit and just seeing what it looks like. It does look like badminton but i'm like very confused because it looks like a cross between badminton and tennis but like you know, it, it it really it really is i mean the the um pickleball is played on the same size of a court as as badminton uh but the difference is the height of the net is a, roughly about as high as a a tennis net so re really similar but because the court is so much smaller, you know, I think one of the things that really differentiates pickleball and tennis is there's something in pickleball that's called the kitchen line. And that's a line about seven feet from the net. And what happens is, you know, if you think about it, you know, especially back, back years ago, when people played tennis, they would kind of serve and volley. So the closer you got to the net, the better off you were. What happened was, was, when pickleball, the sport was actually invented, they were really trying to create a game that was not only good for adults, but also for kids. So they put in a rule in pickleball so that you cannot go within that kitchen, the seven feet from the net to actually hit the ball if it's in the air. So it's like, it has to, you can, you can move across that kitchen line if the ball bounces. But if the ball is in the air, you cannot go into that area. And what that does is it takes away the advantage of anybody, you know, taller than you smashing the ball at you. So that's the biggest difference between, you know, like tennis or badminton and pickleball is, is really that rule. They're just kind of trying to even the playing field. And that, that rule really works to do that. Hmm. Um. Because this is such a new, this is such a new sport for me. Like I've, the only way that I know about it is that you actually reached out and you introduced, you, you talked to me. I'm like, what is this thing? How did pickleball get its name first and foremost? Oh yeah. That, that's a great question. You know, the pickleball was actually invented in 1965. So it was quite, quite a long time ago, but you had three families who kind of, they had a badminton net and, um, 
they couldn't find the shuttlecock to actually play badminton. So they found some old ping pong paddles and they lowered the net because they wanted the kids to be able to play. And so it was basically three families, you know, getting together. And I guess they, they found a wiffle ball since I didn't have the shuttlecock for the badminton rackets. And um, so apparently they had a dog and the dog loved to take the ball and while they're playing and kind of run off with it. And the dog's name was Pickles. So really the sport was invented or was named after the dog who just loved to run away with the ball. And the interesting thing about the name is that there's so many people that I've talked to on the Pickleball Fire podcast who have basically said to me, you know, I didn't want to play a game or a sport called pickleball. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. And I had an, I've had a number of the pro players say that to me and, and they're like, you know, that's what I thought when I started, but now it's like, I hope they never change the name. You know, it, it's just, it's, it, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's a, it's a fun sport and it's a fun name and it's really appropriately named. It's a very unique name. Um, like, like I said, like when I first heard it, I'm like, what, this is never heard of this before. And, you know, uh, you know, digging a little bit into it, it does seem like a lot of fun to play. Um, sorry. It, it does seem like a lot of fun to play. My thing is, can anybody play it? Can anybody play in this? Because we all know that, you know, different levels pull in different, like, quote unquote, athletes. I mean, everybody technically could become an athlete. But does this, can anybody like go from novice to pro in less than a year? You know, novice to pro in less than a year probably not what tends to happen in, in pickleball is a lot of people come into the sport and play professionally they they come in at a high level so they would not be coming in at a novice level if you've got like a high level tennis background if you were like a pro player or a college player or something like that you kind of enter at the level just below the pros so they can they can within a year you know move up to the professional ranks but if you don't have that type of background, you know, if you've not played a racket sport, it, it will take a few years now. Now th this is in 2021, a couple, even a, probably just before I started, I don't know that that was true. You could have just been a good athlete in any sport and probably come in and done it in a year, but the game has gotten much more competitive at the highest levels. So nowadays, if you don't have like that college tennis background, it's going to take more than a year. And, and I've got, I've been following a couple people who are kind of on the journey to um, becoming a, a pro player. And one of them had that tennis background and he became a pro player in a year. And then I've got another friend who I interviewed on the podcast and he was actually a kicker, a college football kicker. And uh, he's, he's been playing for a couple years now and he's, he thinks he has like another six months before he can really kind of compete at that pro level. So it definitely can take a, take a little bit, but you know, most people who play, you know, you're just playing, playing for fun because any, anybody can 
like I said, anybody can play the sport. And what's so interesting is that um, I've got um, uh, a friend who I've had on the podcast and he's, you know, he's seen people who like have had Parkinson's and come out and played pickleball. And just by playing the sport, it's really helped with their stability and their mobility. And, you know, there's, you know, a, a lady who, you know, was really not in good shape. And, you know, after playing pickleball for, I don't know, six months a year, you know, she, her whole life changed. And that's the interesting thing too, is I've got somebody, I just uh, recently put out a podcast with somebody who lost a hundred pounds by playing pickleball. So, I mean, it's really amazing what it can do for you. So you said something important there. Um, her, her, you know, the, the, the lady that her life changed, how tight is the community of pickleball? Because I know for sports that when you get involved with the sports team, for example, you become part of that clan. And I know that the, I don't want to call them smaller sporting scenes, but just the ones that won't, you know, they're not going to get on TV and hopefully, hopefully pickleball does get on TV and, you know, gets major contracts and everything, but how close is the community of pickleball? Well, that's, that's what's so great about pickleball is I'll, I'll give you an example of the first time I went and, you know, took a look at the sport. I walked into the gym because I knew that the recreation program had pickleball and I just kind of peeked my head around the door. And as soon as they saw me peeking in, they're like, oh, here, you want to play? You know, they hand me a paddle and they're like, hey, come on in and, and play. And, you know, it's, it, I mean, the, that's, what's great. And the sport is still like that, you know, even though I started about three, just over three years ago. And then once you actually get involved in the sport and, um, you know, it's like, most people who I know who play pickleball, they play seven days a week and some of them even play twice a day. And we're talking about people who, you know, they're not pros. They, they do this for fun and because it's social and it's such a great community and everybody's so, so welcoming. Um, but the other thing that you said too, is that pickleball actually is on TV. Um, I know, um, a couple of years ago, one of the major events, it was probably the US Open or the Nationals, I think it was CBS uh, Sports Network um, had pickleball on. They had like the, the two finals. But in 2020, of course, a bad time to launch this, but uh, two professional pickleball tours were launched. And uh, so obviously not much happened in 2020. But this year we have pickleball now on ESPN and um, CBS Sports Network. So it's it's definitely happening. Well, that's great to hear. I apologize. I don't watch TV. So just, just for the record, I don't watch TV. I, I used to watch sports all the time. I've stopped watching sports. Um, but do you think that COVID actually helped uh, elevate pickleball to the, to, to the level that it's at right now? I have, I have no doubt about that. I mean, pickleball was, you know, growing, we'll say, you know, maybe five, six, 7% each year, but pickleball last year, 2020 grew over, over 20%, um, which, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we used to basically say there was like, you know, three and a half million play, people playing the sport, but now it's like 4.2 million. 
And it was, it was very attractive because it's also something that you can take and set up a net in your driveway. So it, it became very easy for people. And, and like many things, you know, everything, um, you know, on Amazon sold out and all the, all the nets sold out very, very quickly once COVID started. But I mean, you can just play pickleball in, in your driveway. Um, in a, and obviously if you have a, a fairly long driveway, that really helps. I know I, um, paved a little bit more of, uh, area into the backyard so I could have a, a pickleball court, um, basically at my house. Now it's not quite as wide, but it's got the length. Um, so, and that's kind of, kind of the important part. So my, a regular court's probably 20 feet by 44 feet. And what I, what I paved was about a 12 by 44 foot area. So that's, I think that's, you know, definitely helped to promote, um, pickleball, you know, was, you know, many things, you know, the pandemic changed many things and it, it really helped, helped the sport of pickleball for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, from one of the stats that I saw is it's, uh, 4.2 million people are playing this sport right now. Now, is that globally or just in Canada and U.S.? I believe it's just Canada and the U.S. And, you know, I know one of the reasons that pickleball is really growing, too, in Canada is just you've got so many snowbirds who come down to Florida, which is the definitely the, the mecca of uh, pickleball. And so, you know, they've got there's so many courts now, you know, being built out in, in Canada and, of course, the U.S., too. And, you know, and even um, in the U.S., I mean, you've got. Um, restaurants which are more of a lifestyle concept and they put like you know it's a restaurant but then they also have like four outdoor pickleball courts and a couple indoor courts i mean the, the development is just just amazing because it's it's a much smaller footprint obviously than than tennis so you can you can do that in uh you know a, a fairly small space are there leagues people can join yeah yeah the, the it depends on where you are. Um, you know, some places are more organized than others. I would say if you're anywhere in Florida, you wouldn't have a problem finding, you would not have a problem finding a league. Now up in Connecticut, there's, um, uh, it was two years ago, right before the pandemic, there was a place called Oxford uh, Pickleball. And I think they have six indoor courts. And so if they have like a dedicated facility like that, they, they run leagues, they, they run obviously leagues year round. Um, I've got, um, the other place near me outdoor in Cheshire, they, um, will run some leagues through, through the city. And then people also kind of just create their, create their own leagues. But yeah, I mean, you can, and actually I've got somebody who I interviewed on the podcast who, uh, starting juniors leagues. Um, and there's, there's a lot of people, you know, starting to really get the kids involved also. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Uh, like I said, like, I, I love these, I, I love these sports that are coming up that are coming up. I mean, it's great. Uh, but let's, uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. Uh, let's, let's dig into a little bit about you and your past. You had, you got, you went through some really rough patches. Uh, you tore your ACL, uh, where, how exactly did you get hurt? Uh, I was, I was uh, playing basketball and I happened to be in, um, 
Mexico and I was playing with a bunch of friends and, uh, I, uh, went up for a rebound and, uh, yeah, I, I tore it and, uh, it was, uh, it was challenging because I was in Mexico and, um, you know, you don't have, have the medical facilities, but I, I had enough sports injuries prior to that, that, uh, you know, they were able to get me some crutches. And, uh, I had a, I had a friend who actually flew back at the same time. He had not been planning to fly. He actually, he had been planning to fly back. Um, and he, I think he flew back a little bit earlier than, than he, he meant to just to help me, um, because it was kind of Im impossible given that, uh, I was, uh, I was on crutches and it was, a, it was very challenging, it, but I chose not to, um, repair my ACL. I di didn't want to go through not only the surgery, but the recovery, cause it's a very long recovery. So I, I really thought my days of playing sports were over, but I had, I had talked to the doctor and one of the reasons I went to the, uh, orthopedic guy that I did is, um, he's, I, I said, Hey, you know, can I rehab this? You know, can I rehab without, you know, getting the ACL attached? Cause it's not attached at all. And he says, oh yeah, you can rehab it. And then I said, well, by the time I finished up and was doing pretty well, I'm like, well, you know, can, can I, can I do sports and, you know, like court sports and things like that. And he says, as long as your muscles around your, um, ACL are strong enough. He's like, yeah, he, he says, I play indoor soccer with somebody who completely <laughs> tore their ACL, which has got to be one of the worst things, you know, if you've got that type of injury. So, yeah. Yeah, and for people listening out there, the ACL is is uh, it's an acronym for the anterior cruciate ligament, and it connects from the back side of your the the top of your shin to the front side of of your uh, thigh bone, and it prevents the the thigh bone from shifting forward from force, and it's a very cru critical piece of architecture that we have, um, and your therapist is right. You don't have to get it repaired. However, you do have to be careful and make yeah. sure that the structure around it is secure. Now, my next question is, what was your life like when you found out that you tore your ACL and, you know, you thought that you couldn't play any more court sports? Uh, you know, it was definitely kind of tough times and, you know, it was, um, it, you know, I was, you know, he's struggling a little bit, you know, just mentally with, you know, what was going on and, you know, it was a choice that I think most people don't make. And, you know, I realized that, you know, sometimes things happen and, you know, happen for a reason and, you know, maybe ultimately, you know, eight years after the fact, I don't know that I would have found pickleball to be honest, because I probably would have been playing, um, other sports. You know, I played soccer, basketball, tennis, some racquetball a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, sometimes things just work out for a reason. What were some of the stuff that you actually did to help, uh, help you deal with the fact that, you know, that realization that, you know what, I may never play sports again. Uh, and I'm assuming that you love playing sports. So what were some of the stuff that tools that you use to help you through those hard times? 
Yeah. You know, it, it was tough. I mean, my, um, graduate training in school was actually kind of sports psychology. And, uh, like you said, I had just always, always been active, but I'm, I'm somebody who, you know, I, I definitely use kind of a lot of affirmations, you know, letting, letting me, myself know that, you know, things are going to be okay. Things are going to work out. I can still have a positive attitude about, you know, life and in, in general. Um, so, you know, just, just getting that positive self-talk going, because that was, that was something that I really struggled with, uh, through high school and in the college was just, I, I grew up in a really negative household. So there was just a lot of negative self-talk that was just kind of, and I kind of really reprogrammed that when I was in college, but yeah, I mean, when something significant happens in your life, um, you know, I had to kind of go back and use some of those tools that I had used, like when I was in college, especially. That's great. Uh, that, that's really great. Um, some people don't even find, figure that out their entire life. Um, do you find that the community of pickleball actually helped uh, give you more confidence in playing in yourself and everything, everything around you as well. Yeah, absolutely. The community is, uh, just so supportive and, you know, it's like, if, if you're, um, not there a day, you know, people are kind of wondering, you know, where you are and they'll, they'll reach out and, you know, connect and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're just, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just such a positive sport and such positive people. I mean, that just kind of rolls into you having confidence about yourself, confidence about the sport. And, you know, that's one of those things, you know, that sport is really good about is, um, you know, you can kind of see, see your game improving and that, that, you know, feed your confidence and, you know, it just kind of have that circular pattern that it just kind of con continues. That's true. That's that's really good. It's it's so important to have uh, positivity in a sport as well because sport is. I can't even start to name the amount of professional athletes out there in all all forms of sports that they have said that you know it saved their lives. Um, how hard is it to pick this game this this game up? We've, we've kind of touched up on it a little bit, but like, let's say somebody um, never touched, uh, never touched a paddle in, in their life. They're listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, I want to pick it up. How hard is it for them to pick it up? You know, I think if, if you can, you know, throw a, a wiffle ball, you can, you can play pickleball. Um, even, even underhanded, actually some, some of the, some of the drills that if you, you know, get a little bit more serious about the game and you come in and play a lot of the time, the time times, the pros will have you like just outside the kitchen line. So about seven feet from the net, you take a wiffle ball in your hand and you just throw it over the net back and forth to your partner. And that very much emulates, uh, what is called a dink in, in pickleball. So literally, if you can throw a ball underhand and up a little bit, you can absolutely play pickleball. It's that easy, uh, really. Okay. 
it sounds like this is a very addictive sport, a surprisingly addictive sport. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're not wrong at all. That's what I said. It's like, I, I've got friends who they literally play seven days a week. And there was a friend I was talking to the other day and uh, she said, yeah, so-and-so is just kind of going through a, a rough patch and she's such a good player, but she's just not playing well at all right now. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I've been through that through my sports career. And sometimes I'll just take a week off and then I come back and play much better. And she's like, oh yeah we're so addicted that that that's never going to happen. <laughs> so uh, it's, and, you know, like I said, if you've got people who are, you know, they're not pros, they're not instructors, but they literally will come out and play for two or three hours twice a day. I mean, that's crazy. Crazy. Is there like set times in, during the match? Is there like, is there like point system set up? Like, or you just, whatever. It's just like, uh, general, you can't play anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the games are to 11, so, you know, they're, they're fairly short, you know, and honestly, the more skilled you are, the longer the games will be because the rallies are actually longer. Um, so a game can typically take anywhere from like 10 minutes to 20 minutes. We'll just say on average. And, um, it, I tend to play at a place that's not quite as busy as other places, and so pretty much as soon as you finish, you turn around and look to see if there's people needing, a, you know, more players or they want to change around. And so you can just kind of play one match after another. But there's lots of areas where the courts are really busy. And so they usually have some type of rack, which you can put your paddle in while you kind of wait on the sidelines. And then you then you rotate in as, um, you know, people finish up games or yeah, games. Oh, is it like tennis where you have singles and duels or is it yeah most people who play pickleball play doubles now that that's typically because you know pickleball really started as being something that a lot of the retirees would do but that's very much changed but on the pickleball fire podcast i've had pros who play doubles uh say to me that oh yeah i would never play singles it's way too much work um, so yeah, pretty much anytime you go to a pickleball court, you're going to see four people on the court as opposed to two people on the court. Now singles make it more popular. Um, you know, right now the, you use the same amount of court, whether you're playing singles or doubles, it's not like tennis where you have that alley. Um, so the court's different size for singles and doubles right now, pickleball, it's not like that. I don't know if that'll ever change. It might, um, and that might attract more people to play singles. Mm -hmm. yeah because uh because like i said like when i was watching all this pickleball stuff on youtube i, I saw it as like always doubles and i was like are there any singles events in this or is it just you have to be part of a team which is a good thing yeah no but it, you know you can play singles but like i said probably literally 95 percent of the uh, play you'll see is doubles that's cool. Um, so it kind of like forces you to like meet new people, like, like networking kind of networking kind of thing. Oh yeah. And yeah. And that's, what's so great is that it's, um, you know, there's so many places now to play pickleball. Sometimes I go to different courts just to interact with different people all the time. 
and, you know, it, it's just fun from, you know, a making friends perspective. And then also just, if you want some variety in, in your game and who you're playing. Yeah. It works out great. Only reason why I'm asking is because right now you're talking to the world's largest introvert. <laughs> and for me to, uh, to mingle with different people, it's a very difficult thing to do. Like, so trying to throw myself into uh, an environment, like a sporting environment that I've never met this person before. And now they're my teammate. It's a hard thing to do. What kind of tips would you give me, for example, who's a huge introvert to put himself into there, into that spot? Well, let me preface this by saying I can totally relate. Um, my um, mother always said I was my own best company. And I'm one of the few people in the, you know, in the pandemic who's like, yeah, so we've got a pandemic and I just have to stay home and be by myself most of the time. Or, you know, with one other person in the house, I'm like, it works for me. So anyways, but um, honestly, just buy a paddle and uh, find a place nearby and you will be, you will be welcomed. And the thing that happens too, is that, uh, you know, some people are chatty on the court and some people aren't and it, that's okay because I'm, I'm very quiet. And uh, usually I don't talk to a lot of people a lot. I tend to find a couple people who I can, you know, just have a more one-on-one one -on -one kind of in-depth conversation, but because there's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's really, you can on the pickleball court, you can pretty much say as much or as little as you want to. So, you know, if you enjoy getting out and, you know, wanting to do a sport, um, just, just buy a paddle and, and go out there, you know, very cool. Very cool. Uh, where do you see this sport going in the future? Well, from talking with people in the industry, the big goal is to become an Olympic sport. And um, I know for the 2024, it, there would not even be enough time to be like an exhibition sport um, because you need at least, you have to have everything approved and done at least three years prior. So I know there's a number of people in pickleball internationally who are working towards um, making it an Olympic sport. And I bet everybody's goal is 2028 because those games are also in Los Angeles. And given the popularity of pickleball in the U.S., um, you know, that would be a, a fitting time to do it. And I already plan on being at those games because my brother lives in LA and he's like, are you coming for the Olympics? And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> hopefully pickleball will be in it. Oh, it'll be good. It'll be good to see it in there. Yeah. Um, so this, I'm assuming right now it's just in North America, it hasn't gone into Europe or in Asia or anything. Actually it has. It's in, um, there's something called the International Federation of Pickleball. There are now 58 countries on four continents so it's in asia it's in western europe it's in eastern europe actually the english open they're i think probably just finishing up tomorrow so that was the biggest tournament in uh in england but um there's i don't know if you're an nba fan at all but uh luka Doncic, who plays for the dallas mavericks 
he plays pickleball in Slovenia. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's spreading across the globe. Um, hopefully, uh, it continues to, uh, sp- will continue to spread the sport and, and not the COVID. <laughs> Well, I have my thoughts on COVID and I'm not going to say it on my show, but because it's more about positive solutions to this thing that we've been living through. Kind of touching up on that. How hard do you think it's going to be to reintegrate everybody into uh, getting into a court that is so small? Well, I, I think that you know, I, I definitely think that most people feel more comfortable, uh, if, if they're vaccinated, no doubt about that. So I think it de- definitely makes it easier. And, you know, even though the court's small, definitely if you're outside, um, I think that that works really well. Um, like I said earlier, I'm kind of a little hesitant to reintegrate perhaps indoors. Um, but I'm, just going to kind of, kind of see how things go. And I think, I think most people are probably not where I am. I tended to be pretty conservative. Um, so I think more people are willing to, you know, go ahead and play indoors, outdoors, what have you. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you guys got to have like a world, world series, world circuit kind of thing going on. And uh, I'm assuming like different like levels, different tiers and professionals, professional from like amateur to professional? Yeah, most tournaments um, in the, at least in the US, cause um, there aren't a lot of pros outside the US at this point. There's a couple in England, but um, yeah, most, most tournaments here do range from, uh, you know, absolute beginners to, to professionals. You know, there's probably uh, I think for 2022, there's probably 50 tournaments where you would have amateurs and professionals at the same tournaments. Uh, there is going to be the World Games in 2022 in May, which will have uh, people from all different countries. And um, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely, and there's also the, the International Federation of Pickleball puts on the Bainbridge Cup, which is in the US also. And uh, you've got people who come from countries all over the world to play in that very cool very 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 cool it's good to see it it's good to see like it grow like how when did this growth happen i you know in 2018 i lived in dallas texas and i had never heard of pickleball and like i said i was always into sports so if any of my friends you know who are also mostly into sports if um i would have heard about it from them i would have checked into it so did not hear a thing about it until I moved to Connecticut. Now, pickleball, now it's, you know, it's becoming on ESPN, you know, you're getting it on TV. Um, I think that the more, the more it's on TV, um, you know, just it's, it's going to grow exponentially. I mean, it, and you've got so many courts being built. So. Well, I, again, like I haven't heard of it up until you reached out to me and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll give this, I'll take a look at this. And I'm actually quite impressed. Like it, it can, it does seem like when you're looking at the pros, they, they go at it pretty fast. Like it's not a slow game. 
You're absolutely right. You know, I, it's really funny because a lot of people, when they see the sport for the first time, they look at it on YouTube or they see it in some gym or, or on the courts and they're like, oh my gosh, I can, I can go out there. Cause I've, you know, played sports. I can go out there or, you know, just because like my nephew said, oh, I, I can just, I'm going to go out there the first time I play and I'm just going to beat you to a pulp. And that, that's not the case. There's actually a lot of skill involved in the game. And that's, I think one of the really fun things about it is that it, it can be really rapid fire where you really, you know, at the highest levels, you really need fast uh, eye-hand coordination to be able to even compete at that level. Um, just the athletes coming into the sport now, you have to be at a much higher level than four or five years ago. Very different now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I was, I was like, this looks like, like, I've seen badminton in the Olympics and it's like, it, it's, it's almost the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's crazy how fast this thing can get. Yep. Yep. So we're going to be wrapping up the show in just a little bit. Uh, these are the eight, seven or eight questions that I ask all my guests. And I would like to get your feedback on the seven or eight topics. With the increase in people suffering from depression from the lockdown, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? You know, I think to keep their hopes up, know that it's going to get better. You know, if you're, you know, depressed and, and, and down, if you can just get yourself, you know, out the door and, Honestly, go find some place to play pickleball. I mean, you will absolutely be welcomed. It will, it will, I would be surprised if it did not help with your depression. Just, just try it once. And I think well, just about everybody who tries pickleball the first time is hooked. I mean, that's how amazing it is. You're making it very appealing. Very interesting. <laughs> Well, if, if I lived a little bit closer to you, I'd uh, invite you out and get you on the court. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is the border. Not allowed to come down there. Our guy, anyways, I'm not getting into politics here. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, I'm, I'm a Canadian citizen too, so <laughs> I've got dual. Oh, lucky. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What's the one thing that you do daily that amplifies your ability to stay focused? Uh, you know, I think one of the things that I do that really helps me is I, besides playing pickleball, I take like a, a three mile walk every day. And, uh, you know, that, that keeps me on track. I mean, it's a, it's a time when, I've got no distractions and, you know, I don't, I know you said you don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. I do watch some TV and movies and stuff, but I never watch the news. Um, so just, just kind of that time to go out and, um, take a walk, uh, here in Connecticut, it's very, very green most of the year, except for when there's snow on the ground. Um, but it, that's beautiful too. So I think it's just, um, that, that helps me focus and just gets me away from, distractions very good uh, if you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old what would you tell yourself 
probably not to take things so seriously. You know, I was, um, I just was always a very serious kid. And, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of had that into adulthood. And uh, I, I would probably just say, yeah, you know, don't be so serious and maybe have a little bit more fun. Cool. Well, we could all use a little bit more fun in our lives. I'm having more fun now. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, looking back, would you change anything? Uh, I don't, I don't think so, to be honest. You know, I'm, I've always been somebody who, if I wasn't happy in what I was doing, I didn't do it. And, you know, for a lot of people, and for me, that certainly equates to, um, my job. And as a matter of fact, I just recently uh, quit my corporate job of uh, six and a half years. Actually, that was the longest corporate, long as I'd ever been at any one job because it started, I started not to enjoy it. And I'm like, there is no way I can continue to do this if, if I don't enjoy it. I'm going to go find something that I enjoy, I enjoy doing. So I, I'm actually, ironically, now I'm focused on the being a, a content creator for pickleball and uh, loving every minute of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what scares you? You know, things happening to my family that aren't uh, positive things, you know, you know, people having difficulties really in, in, you know, the family, whether it's uh, finding out, you know, somebody's been lying to you for three years that they were dating each other or, you know, um, just, uh, you know, things, things that happened to the family. I, my, you know, my brother had a big health scare. Uh, I guess it was about seven years ago and almost didn't make it. So if something happens to him, yeah, that would, that definitely scares me. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, some hard stuff. Uh, where do you see pickleball in the next five years? Every, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> um, I mean, if you think about it, we, we talked about, you know, pickleball courts, you know, connected to uh, restaurant establishments. And then you've got pickleball courts at RV parks. And obviously you've got it, you know, in, in parks and, you know, every 55 and over community now I know nowadays has, has a, has a pickleball court. Um, so five years from now, I, I think the majority of the population will also know about the sport. So you had, you had mentioned <laughs> till I reached out, you hadn't heard of it. I think in five years, I think, I think just about everybody, at least in the U S and Canada will have heard of pickleball. That's cool. That's cool. How about you personally? Uh, can you ask the question again? Where do you see yourself personally in the next five years? Um, personally, you know, right now in terms of like where I lived, we moved from the Dallas, Texas area to be in your family. Uh, so that's why I made the, <laughs> I made the change to Connecticut, but, um, you know, from a professional viewpoint, um, my guess is that, yeah, I will be doing something related to pickleball as long as I still enjoy it. Very good.
uh, where can people find more about you? Uh, they can come to my website, uh, pickleballfire.com. I'm also on uh, Facebook uh, as Pickleball Fire. And um, yeah, I mean, feel free to reach out. You can also email me, Lynn, L-Y-N-N, at pickleballfire.com. But um, yeah, I'm happy to, you know, help people find places to play or, you know, people to teach them, uh, you know, if I don't live in your neck of the woods. And uh, yeah, I'm totally, totally happy to uh, help anybody who's interested. And we will post all your links with the show notes uh, with this, with this episode. So everybody has easy access to you, uh, and learn more about pickleball because quite interesting sport to get into. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to check back with you in a month and, uh, see if you've started to play in a month. I'll probably be, I'll probably, might be in Europe. <laughs> well, <laughs> Hey, there's pickleball in Europe too. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts? It was great to be here, John. I really uh, enjoyed the interview. Um, I, I thought you, I love the questions you had there at the end. And, uh, you know, it, you just asked some great questions and just, you know, made me really think uh, really deeply. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, introducing me to this, this, in, this very new, to me, it's new. To me, it's new. It's since been since been been here since 1965. But to me, I just came about across it maybe a couple of months ago because of you. So I I, I appreciate you. I always enjoy uh, learning about new sports that are up and coming sports. So um, and for you to be on the front lines and front and center with like your magazine and all the content that you're putting out for pickleball, um, I I greatly appreciate you for 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 all your hard work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world.